It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome on into the 54th, a.k.a. the Camus Grugier Hill episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. And I couldn't be happier that it is the Camus Grugier Hill episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Because as we've talked about many times, uh, Camus Grugier Hill, for as much of a special teams ace and pretty good linebacker and had a, the big pick in the first quarter last night. Camus Grugier Hill is a wizard, um, and we never doubt him in anything he does ever again after I falsely uh, came out and, and, and scolded him after, after pouring Gatorade on Doug Peterson after the game won in Washington last year. While I, while I falsely accused him of ruining the season, it was actually the start of a magical season because – of Camus Grugier Hill's actions. So um, shout out to you, Camus. You are a great eagle. You uh, you are the next, like you're like the next legendary eagle that wasn't exactly the best player on great eagle teams. Like that's where I see Camus Grugier Hill's you know career arc going. Anyway, we have a, a just an important counterpoint podcast today because honestly, uh, trust you here. Uh, I didn't want to do a podcast before the Giants game because honestly, the d- d- depressed counterpoint is not like a good counterpoint. Like everyone remembers the the podcast I did after Carson Torres ACL. That was like that was like a depressed counterpoint. No one's interested in a depressed counterpoint. You come to counterpoint to be back on your cocky bullshit. You come to counterpoint for a comedic relief to to the the typical Eagles talk. And coming on when the team looks like dog shit and you're questioning everything about about the team, and it just it just doesn't make a good counterpoint podcast. It just doesn't. Uh, so for as much as the the Eagles fans and the Eagles themselves needed that win last night, the counterpoint podcast needed that win last night. A two and four Eagles team that would probably have to go seven and three down the stretch just to get to nine and seven. That is not that is not cocky bullshit counterpoint. So. Uh, shout out to the Eagles. Thank you for making this way easier uh, for just dismantling an absolute dog shit Giants team. Like, imagine rooting for the Giants. Imagine rooting for a team as garbage as as the New York Giants. That team has won four games. 
in their last what? 21 games or something? Or 22 games? It's ridiculous. They are they are a total total embarrassment. It got to the point last night where I was like, I usually never marvel at other teams players, but once it was like, you know, even 14-3. No, it wasn't 14-3, but when they were up by three scores, I was like, "Yeah, I want to see Saquon do some fun stuff." I am never like that. Watching the Eagles play against any team and then to, to throw in a division game, like I would never be like, "Oh, yeah, let me see a more like Dez or a more Zeke." I was like, last night I was like, "Ah, oh, let's see more Saquon." That guy is a freak. And and playing him twice a year is not going to be very much fun, but we got to remember they are still the Giants. Like it's it's absolutely unbelievable how terrible that organization is. Um, but Saquon's very fun. And I usually never, again, during games, I never, I'm like, yeah, let's see their best player do something good against my defense. But when, once the game was out of reach and I remember there were the Giants and Carson was back, um, I was like, oh, perfect. Throw the ball, Saquon. I want to see what he's got to do. Uh, all right, so on today's show, um, Jack's rundown. We'll run down some very important things, starting with Dougie Fresh coming out with glasses because, whew, whew, I did not expect my head coach to come out with glasses. I was not ready for it. Um, we'll go to the rundown. Uh, I think I found my spot and my mojo, and I will explain. I will explain later. Uh, we have to ban a product from the Counterpoint Podcast, and of course, we have the mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. But we gotta get started with Doug, because Doug just comes out out of nowhere last night and breaks out the glasses on us. And I couldn't help but, like, every time Doug, every time they'd, they'd flash the, the camera over to Doug and he'd be, he'd be speaking, like, uh, he'd be speaking to Carson or another coach or he'd be looking at his play chart, with his glasses on, in my head, it completely changed Doug's accent to where he was like, where he was like, hmm, what am I going to beat Pat Shem with now? Hmm, how about this red zone play? Hmm, maybe a run here? Like, I just, I don't know why, but it made him, it made, it made, it made Doug seem so sophisticated where I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this game. There's no way they're going to lose this game. He came, he came out with, this is, this is my theory. This is my theory. And I think the five o'clock shadow backs this up as well. So Doug comes out with the glasses and the five o'clock shadow, um, which I've never really seen Doug have a five o'clock shadow. He looks, he's always pretty uh, clean shaven. I don't think Doug left the, the facility this week. Like, I don't think he saw his family at all. I think Doug slept at Novacare all week. That's the only thing that can explain it. And and it, he was so stressed out because the Eagle because the Counterpoint podcast couldn't go on with ha- with a bad Eagles team that he was stressing about the Counterpoint podcast, which I appreciate. I think that's I, that's awesome. Thank you, Doug. Uh, I don't think Doug left the Novacare complex all this week at all. He, he came out with glasses and a five o'clock shadow, like he just woke up and was like, "Oh shit, we got to play today." It was amazing. But it also heightened my sense of my sense of Doug's sophistication. Because he's like, hmm, hello, Pat Shema. You will not be able to defend this. Doug got his swagger back last night and it started with the glasses, which I was not ready for. But that's why Doug's Doug. Always keeps you on his toes. Always keeps you on your toes. So the the big balls Doug scale. I mean, he slammed him back down on the table last night. Right on the right on the scale. Almost broke the scale. I mean, he, you know, he, he's such a football guy. He's such a football guy that he knew he was going to be t- televised a lot tonight. It was a national TV game. 
And he rolled out of bed with a fucking game plan and glasses and a five o'clock shadow and said, I don't care how I look. I'm here to win. And that's what I want from my coaches. That's what I want from my coaches. The red zone offense was back. It was like it was like all of a sudden he remembered how to do everything he did last year. The third down numbers were ridiculous. There was gaping holes even when the whole offensive line wasn't together. The red zone was crisp. It was amazing. It was like Doug Doug realized he, the second he put on those glasses, he saw everything clear. What if the glasses are the thing that turns this whole everyone for for the longest time? This is, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Every year you have to change it up to keep things fresh, just like you had to change spots, change up things. Last year, Doug was a visorman, and he won a Super Bowl. This year, he wore the, wore the visor at home and lost for the first time in two years at home. Well, I'm not counting that fucking Dallas game in Week 17. Is the glasses the thing that's going to turn around this Eagles season? Because I think so. And Doug, I know you listen. That's your spot. That's your your superstition. And you cannot change it. So Doug's balls broke the scale again last night. Uh, just what a performance. It's good to have you back, Doug. I was, I, trust me, I was, get, I was getting a little worried. Get a little worried about Doug. I was, I was starting to be like, well, was John Filippo really the guy that was that was doing the whole offense last year? Was Frank Reich really the guy that was going to balance out the run and pass ratio? Doug said, fuck that. Fuck anyone that ever doubted me ever. And I'll show you this week. So shout out to Doug. Welcome back, buddy. Now, overshadowing Doug. I guess not overshadowing. I don't know. These guys were both just back last night. Like Carson Wentz had been playing good football. But there's another level of Carson Wentz that we all needed to see. And that was in the red zone and just taking command of things and checking out. And oh, when I heard the kill, kill, kill yesterday, I almost died as well. I missed the kill, kill. It's, it's, it was from the first time he, he, he said kill, kill in the, in uh, the Browns game two years ago, three years ago at this point. Right. Um, I almost started welling up. To hear kill kill again, so important for me. But the Carson Wentz chub meter got fucking broken out so early against the Giants. First drive, you're in the red zone. There's questions all week, like what's going on in the red zone? What are the Eagles doing? Carson says, "Yeah, don't don't worry about it. I got this shit." Fucking whips it out, running to his right, throws across his body. Right to where Alshon is, in a in a throw, and like all all the players are like, yeah, probably should never do that, but it's just Carson, so we just let Carson be Carson, and I just love that everyone's like, like I just love that everyone's like, yeah, whatever, man, like Carson's gonna <laughs> Carson's gonna figure it out. I feel like that's how we have to evaluate Carson now. Like, sure, there's gonna be like last night he threw a a, a weird amount of, of ducks, like I've never really seen him throw that many ducks. It was mildly concerning. Not really. I'm not ever really worried about Carson Wentz, but like, I just feel like we have to be like, this guy's gonna figure it out, because that's what he does. Carson Wentz is a. I know we throw the winner label around a lot, but the guy is just a winner. I don't know if there's any other way to explain the guy, but he's a winner. And the fucking chub meter, like I've I've said, it's like three pronged, where the, all the way to the left is like, ah, eh, not there. It's like no chub, like when he 
get sacked. Like it's shrinkage. Like it just goes away like automatically. And then you have the middle, which is like semi chub, which is like completing a third down pass or whatever. And then there's fucking like full ass chub just banging on the, the edge of my scale. And and that's how I was after that that touchdown in the first in the in the first red zone drive. Because it's like it's like there's maybe three quarterbacks that can make that play. And he is just he is just so special. Uh so so full breaking the chub meter and then just continual semi chubs throughout the game as what he was like thirteen for fourteen on third down, which is fucking stupid. Like, like he was back in control. It was completely back to MVP level. Wentz. there was some balls that should have gotten uh, probably picked off, but once that first Aguilar ball got caught, I was like, "Oh, we're good. This game's just about over." Another thing that I missed was um, I missed the like the fourth quarter Eagles defensive line just eating and. I'm, you, you know, in that fourth quarter, like it was a lot last year where the Eagles would be up by like three scores and, or maybe two scores even. And a team will just start like driving down the field and look like they're putting together a nice little, nice little drive, nice cute little small drive. And then I just love when Schwartz would just be like, yeah, enough of that shit. Uh, go get the quarterback. Uh, I don't, I, I have no interest in, in them getting any more yards. Uh, Fletcher, go get the quarterback. Brandon, go get the quarterback. This year, Michael Bennett, go get the quarterback. Derek, just go get the fucking quarterback. End this shit. Like it's it's just such a cocky, like cocky Schwartz in the fourth quarter when he when when a team starts putting together a little drive and he can just say, yeah, enough of that, enough of that shit. Go get the quarterback. Uh, and, and just end a ball game. Just end a ball game. And last night was the first time since last year where I really saw cocky Eagles fourth quarter defensive line just be like oh you, it's a, a really cute drive that you're putting together you lie like we're not touching you you're stepping up in the pocket you're, you're you're completing some passes you're just dumping it off to saquon after saquon yeah that's over it's completely over so i missed like there were so many things about last night that made me miss the 2017 eagles and it was nice to see them get back to that level. They're fucking like laughing on the sidelines again. They were laughing at supposedly at halftime saying, how much are we going to win this game by? It was like everyone remembered, hey, we're the fucking Super Bowl champs. Let's act like it. And just I, I, it was good having absolutely no fear throughout the entire game. And I thought it was an important stepping stone for uh, the 20, 2018 Eagles to start making their own mark making their own mark on this stuff. Like Chris Long and Michael Bennett are laughing on the sidelines. Like Michael Bennett's happy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, also, was Troy Aikman concussed last night? Carson Wentz gets fucking picked up and thrown to the ground. And Troy Aikman's like, well, I don't I don't really know why they called <laughs> why they called roughing the passer there. Uh, hey, hey, Troy. <laughs> like, have you seen roughing the passer calls? That was one that was blatantly obvious in any era that that's roughing the passer, you dipshit. Like, what, what, what are you looking at? Did you not watch the NFL this year? Did you not watch? You were in Philly last week when, when Kirk Cousins got tackled at his legs and gently placed onto the ground, and Michael Bennett got called for, for, for roughing the passer. Like, were, were, you, were you fucking concussed last night or something? Like, that didn't make any sense. Bad job by Troy. But overall, in the rundown, uh, just like I'm very, very happy that the, that the boys are back.
Like, does the, does the rest of the NFL understand what they were watching last night? Like, I hope everyone watching last night understood that the Super Bowl champions just got awoke. Like, they were sleeping there for a little bit. Sleeping Giants still have a loaded roster. And they come out. They show you the red zone offense. Carson Wentz looks back to MVP level. Doug is breaking out glasses. The defensive line is the defensive line. Fletcher Cox is unstoppable. Like, I just... I just want the rest of the NFL to understand that, like, this shit's a wrap. Oh, the Rams, that's adorable. The Chiefs, who's their head coach? Adorable thinking that you're going to win a championship. It's over. They're back. So as you well know, uh, I have had trouble finding a spot. I've had trouble finding my mojo this season. Much like the Eagles, I've had a... I, I, Every year, I have to find a spot. Going back to 2008 World Series, where I sat in the same exact spot for an, an entire the, the entire World Series run. I knew was I knew that was a spot. There's no way anyone's ever gonna get me to change from that spot, um, and it was great. Last year, found my spot here at the station. I, I had to work uh, Eagles games last year, and I was nervous because I didn't feel comfortable having a spot that wasn't like at a house or a place that I owned. So, uh, but I did find a spot. I found a spot in the, in the, in the hallway or a crease in a, in a doorway where I could just lean on. And the Eagles went on a roll last year and they won the Super Bowl. And it was largely because of my superstition and my spot. So I think I found my spot and thank, like, thank God it's in my apartment. Because I was nervous. Like, I sat down for the game, and I was like, I, it kind of sunk in. Like, this is the first time I'm going to be watching the Eagles at my new apartment. I hope they don't lose to the fucking Giants, and I'll have to go find a new spot that's not in my apartment. Like, I want to enjoy Eagles games in my apartment. I also remembered, and I usually never go back to it. I usually never go back to what happened a year before. But I noticed a lot last year. If I wore Phillies gear, it would it would inspire the team. To, to to come out and, and, and play hard. So I had wore my Birds of Broad Street shirt for the first couple of weeks. I wore Eagles stuff and just wasn't working. Sure, they won two games, but they didn't look like the Eagles. They lost a home game. That never happens. So last night, threw on a Philly shirt, found my spot, and I don't even know. Like Maybe it's, the, maybe it's just the Phillies gear. I wore Phillies gear all throughout the run last year. I don't know why I did. Well, I mean, I knew what I was doing. Like, when I first did it, I didn't understand why I was doing it. But now, whew, Philly's gear might be it. So I just want to I want to I want to announce that I know it's only been one game, but I think there's a direct a direct correlation between me wearing Philly's gear and the Eagles looking like the 2017 Eagles. And I'm just so happy. Just so happy that I found it. And I, it wasn't too late into the season to where I jeopardized the season. I can still turn this around. So it's over. Everyone knows that now. It's over. It wouldn't be a counterpoint podcast if we weren't going to ban someone. And this banning is not, it's not of a, of a player. It's of a brand. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Tide is is banned from the Counterpoint podcast. We are not a Tide. We do not support using Tide for our cleaning needs. After the shit show that they made us sit through last night. Who the fuck thought Tide 
Like, who thought that was a good idea? Who sat down and was like, hey, let's change up Malcolm Jenkins' voice in a, in a, in a hype thing? Let's, let's turn Joe Buck and Troy Aikman into actors. Let's have all this fake Eagles giant stuff. Like, I just feel bad for Tide that they wasted so much money on just a dog shit commercial. There's two dog shit commercials. The dog shit commercials. At first, I saw, I saw Malcolm Jenkins. I thought he was giving, like, the, the hype speech. And then I was like, that doesn't sound anything like Malcolm Jenkins. What am I, what am I watching? And then it's a fucking Tide commercial. And it's like, wh- why did you subject me to, to this horrible commercial? So Tide, I'm sorry to say, and I hate to say it, but you are so banned from this podcast. It was a terrible commercial. And whoever came up with the idea for the commercial and mi- forced you to dump millions in probably should also be fired. It was like when you're watching a sports movie and the actor just doesn't know how to like swing a baseball bat or throw or throw a baseball. That was like watching Joe Buck and Troy Aikman try to act. It was just awkward. It was a terrible commercial. And Tide, I think you should come out with a with an apology today. Cuz you found a way to almost ruin what was a glorious evening for my Philadelphia Eagles. The commercials were that bad and you are banned from this podcast alright let's get to the counterpoint mailbag which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com um, from Ross Jack apologies for not making this email longer should I burn my Eagles McCoy shirt it's become rather shady if not immolation then what obviously I can't wear it again you're stinking and diseased Ross uh, I don't know man I think you might want to hang on to that because it seems like Shady may be coming back, which I I don't know, man. He's got a huge cap hit. He's 30. He's a shitty dude. I don't think I would enjoy rooting for LaShawn McCoy again, so I, I would hold off on the burning of the Shady shirt. Um, but, yeah, because it might, might have to come in handy. From Rebecca Smith, Hi, Jack. Big fan of the show, so I need your help. Capitalize for seriousness, so she's being dead serious. Um, I'm barely dangling off the trust tree right now. First, I absolutely hear you that watching the Eagles game at a bar is seriously fraudulent. However, please consider my current situation. One, broke social worker working for my county, can't afford DirecTV or anything like that. Two, moved from Philadelphia a few years back to Broncos country, gag, where the early games are routinely not aired. Three, my husband is unsympathetic and doesn't give a fuck about my situation since he'll forever be riding that Elway Manning jock, so he's no help. I don't know any other Philly fans out here, so what's a girl to do? Watching a game alone at a bar as a female brings along an entirely different set of challenges. But I'm not trying to I'm trying to not I'm not trying to not watch the game. Am I stuck watching that stupid little arrow on mobile gamecast? Any advice will be 100 percent heated without questioning. Second issue, I tearfully, happy tears, retired my youth large Dawkins jersey, Dawkins jersey I've been consistently wearing since 2006 when he went into the Hall of Fame this summer. But I too have tried to very but I, too, have tried a, a variety of other jerseys, shirts, hats, scarves with limited success this season. Girls' jerseys have always been gross, especially the pink, and absolutely inappropriate for a real diseased fan. Any tips for female fashion? Or do I bring back the dog jersey from retirement and just hope the birds get hot again before it falls apart? Thanks again for being a true guiding light during a confusing time. Wow. So, uh, well, yeah, it's like... I guess you got. I guess you gotta watch a game at a bar, but like, couldn't you also buy a Sunday ticket and and drop the money there? 
and then just watch it at your house. But you, but there's no direct TV or anything. That's what's so dumb about uh, about about uh, Sunday Ticket is that it's only on direct TV. It's ridiculous. What you could do, and what I've been doing sometimes, is you could do uh, if you search Reddit NFL streams. There's some of those if you don't want to watch it at a bar. I just like I understand why you have to watch at the bar, but like it's it's just a miserable experience. And having to do that every week by yourself, it just sounds miserable. There's ways to stream it. I would go the streaming route because I just can't take the takes. But also, if you are in if you're in Denver or somewhere else that's that where there's no Eagles fans, at least you're not getting shitty takes. At least you're just getting like takes to yourself. Um, so I'm sorry that your your husband is is unsympathetic, and he should also probably come to the bar with you and and, and watch the Eagles or something. Like he shouldn't make you go alone. Um, and I totally agree. I, I just think, I think you should, I think you should stream it and watch it at your house. I think that's, it's just better than being in public. Um, all right. And the Dawkins Jersey. I went back to Philly's gear because I was desperate. I would go to the Dawkins Jersey again. It's time. It's time to bring it out. And I wonder what last night, I wonder what last night you decided to do. Because jer- girl jerseys are gross. Like they're not. Even, they're not even close to being anything real. Uh, anyway, from uh, Josh Walk, Jack. We all know that everyone in the Eagles organization listens to the Counterpoint podcast. Thank you. However, with Snake Barchard changing the release date to Friday afternoon, I'm concerned about the players and coaches don't have enough time before the game to listen and digest the podcast for game day. Well, um, I hear you, and it was not. It was not Barchard that did that. It was me that did that. So I'm going to change it to Wednesday. I'm going to start recording on Wednesday, so you have Thursday and Friday to both catch the counterpoint. Okay. Uh, he says, I'll admit there have been weeks where I get busy and don't get a chance to listen to counterpoint until Monday morning. I fear that Doug, Wentz, and the boys are missing out on the motivation boost from the counterpoint podcast, and it's affecting their game on Sundays. I'd like to start a petition to move the counterpoint release data earlier in the week for this reason. Maybe it'll give them a boost they need. Thoughts? Well, I'm moving it to Wednesday. So I like... I, li- I don't like doing the, the overreaction shows after Eagles games, and I only don't, I like doing them when they win. I don't like doing them when they lose. So um, I think Wednesday is a good mix. Uh, I'll record on Wednesday. It'll come out on Thursday, and that way, or maybe Wednesday day. Um, that way we can get a, a better read on the line and stuff. That'd be great. All right, and Josh goes on. I also need to ask the trust tree for forgiveness. Last year I rocked a Kelly Green Eagles T-shirt with a vintage logo every time. Obviously that worked, but I switched it out for the Super Bowl champion shirt this year. Whew, that's a terrible move. Not only did I switch the shirts, but I made this girl I've been seeing, who was originally from Boston and a huge Patriots fan, wear the shirt from last year because of a football bet she lost. It was supposed to be a cocky move that asserted dominance over those frauds from New England. But since she has worn the shirt, the Eagles have lost both games. Did I royally fuck this up? What is the process for cleansing a shirt that has been tainted like this? Keep up the great work and move the podcast date. So, um, I mean, wearing Super Bowl sh- Super Bowl stuff is just I. I'm out in the Super Bowl stuff. Like, I just, it's all, like, brand new, and there's no heart behind it. There's no story behind it. It's all, like, new stuff. Like, it's all brand new. And when I see, there has to be a grace period before I can really get back into, like, I bought all the shit, obviously, when they won. But there has to be a grace period. Like, now, 2008 stuff looks cool because it's like, wow, it's a great shirt. I just, usually the shirts are tacky and all that shit. So the fact that you went from a a classic Eagles Kelly Green beautiful T-shirt to a Super Bowl champion shirt that should probably be more like 
you know, memorabilia, not 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 important. And then you, and then you just you let a Patriots fan wear it is fucking embarrassing, Josh. Like, what are you doing? I understand it's supposed to be a cocky move, but have her wear the Super Bowl championship, not the shirt that you bled for, that you won a championship with. I think you royally fucked this up. I really do. The process for cleansing it? I don't know, man. This is like when a when an American flag gets gets tattered. And you got to burn it. But I don't want you to burn the shirt. And I don't want to burn an American flag. So just this is what you got to do. Obviously, you wash it. But you're not putting that you're not putting it in in a in a washing machine that could potentially ruin it. You're hand washing it with the tender care that it deserves. You were taking that t-shirt and you were hand washing it. And during the time when you were hand washing it, you were apologizing. And you're gonna you're gonna wash inside and outside. That's the only way your shirt can ever get the mojo back. Josh. Come on, man. That's disappointing. From John Barber, uh, hey, Jack, I want to know who the Eagles' Mike Trout is, i.e. a player that we as Philly fans either are or should be fawning over and is a tried-and-true future Eagle. Maybe it's Mike Trout himself. I mean, he comes to every game anyway. Before the Giants game, I was thinking, I think he'd be a pretty nasty fullback. Pretty gross. Uh, I feel like it might be Saquon. Like, Saquon's obviously amazing. And I know he plays for the Giants, which which is not the same as Mike Trout, but he went to Penn State, and obviously those weirdo Penn State Eagles fans um, are going to be fawning over uh, over Saquon. I feel like Saquon has the ability to – he's from around here. He went to Penn State to where Eagles fans are be clamoring for him to one day be an Eagle, even though he'll probably never be an Eagle. I feel like Saquon's the correct answer there. Uh, from Brian Seville, hey Jack, if you were Howie, which of these running backs is A, the most realistic to attain, B, the best fit, C, the one you go after? Um, Le'Veon, David Johnson, Jordan Howard, Spencer Ware, um, CJ Anderson, LaShawn McCoy, Tevin Coleman. Thanks for reading this question, I hope, and long live the fans are of the greatest fan base in all of God's creation. So, um, uh, I think obviously, I think Le'Veon is pretty much A, B, and C. He, he's realistic to attain. Now, the one thing I'm worried about with Le'Veon is that he could just be like, yeah, my hamstring hurts, and I don't feel like playing today, which is, I, I mean, <laughs> we would get he, he wouldn't last very long in the city if he did that. Um, he's also, I mean, Le'Veon fits anywhere, and I think he's the one they I think it's A, B, and C, Le'Veon. David Johnson's not realistic. That never made any sense. He just signed a, a contract extension, and they have a rookie quarterback. Why would you get rid of a playmaker with a rookie quarterback? Jordan Howard, I think, would work, but the Bears are pretty good. And I don't think they just give away Jordan Howard. Spencer Ware, again, like they're going for the Super Bowl. Um, uh, and, and if any, anything happens to Kareem Hunt, like Spencer Ware has been a valuable uh, guy there. C.J. Anderson, I, I hate C.J. Anderson. He's he screwed me in fantasy too many times. I'm the wrong guy to ask about C.J. Anderson. Shady, obviously, I mean, they just freed up the cap space to, to bring in either him or Le'Veon. So, I mean, Shady makes sense. Obviously, the all-time leading rusher. Just, there's also like, he could also be not in the league in two to three weeks, which is mildly terrifying when you're trading for him. So don't love the, the shady idea, um, but obviously there's a fit there. And Tevin Coleman, I really like Tevin Coleman, but I would rather get a bruising-ish back and um, where like like a Jai was and like Blunt was 
Uh, and Tevin Coleman's like a like another kind of Corey, uh, Corey Clement out of the backfield kind of guy that can also run. Uh, but I think I think Clement and Tevin Coleman would be a pretty nice dynamic. And if Darren Sproles never gets healthy, just make the make the make the running back room that much more athletic. I really like Tevin Coleman, but um, <clears throat> and if they keep falling out of it, I don't know why they would not trade him. Um, but yeah, from uh, Luis Costanzo. Jack, I'm a day one counterpoint listener who actually awaits us for this podcast on a weekly basis. Um, I mean, this is obviously the only Eagles podcast. It's the only one that matters, at least. There's other Eagles podcasts, but not, not, none matter as much as counterpoint. I'm worried and I'm pissed the fuck off. I was supremely confident after the Eagles won the Super Bowl that we'd have a great chance of repeating. Thereafter, every day that has passed, I've become more and more nervous. Since we're in the trust tree, I'd be lying if I said that after, after we won the big game that I didn't think my fandom would change that I wouldn't be as passionate as, as previous years. Thankfully for my fandom, but not for my health, that is not the case. As a true diseased Eagles fan who would never get married by a cowgirl's pasture, all right, taking a shot, it's fine, um, I have been absolutely disgusted uh, over the Bears' performance all year. I have been strokeless all year, and I am in a desperate need of some Howie strokes. At this time, the Carson Wentz chub meter hasn't made it move nearly enough. Doug's balls have shrunk to an underwhelming size. I need something more. I need beardless Howie to back. I need cocky Howie back. Everyone is all in on Bell, and I get it, but I see so many issues with wide receiver, D-tackle, running back, and safety as well. On behalf of all of us Eagles fans, I humbly I humbly ask that you swing by one NovoCare way and bring Howie a fresh razor. Make him put on a Super Bowl polo and stare at himself in the mirror for at least 30 minutes. Bearded Howie needs to go back to his roots. Sincerely, a highly stressed out diseased Eagles fan, uh, Lewis, which you can follow on Twitter at LewisC0591. Well, Lewis, uh, very clearly you said this before the Giants game. Uh, I hope that I hope that last night uh, quelled some of your fears. I hope I hope I hope those fears are no longer totally the case. Um, Howie, this is a, this is a very uh, listen. Everyone's back, right? Everyone on the Eagles is back. Big balls, Doug's back. Glasses, Doug's back. Well, never back, but he's arrived. Um, the Carson Wentz chub meter's back. We need the third piece of the Holy Triumvirate to pick up his shit. Obviously, Le'Veon doesn't doesn't fix all the needs, but if you had Le'Veon in a league where defense is becoming more and more, you know, you're trying to get not not get rid of defense, but defense isn't as important, and it's all of an arms race who can score the most points. Adding Le'Veon and letting him be like a slot receiver and running back and all that shit would be fucking awesome. So the Eagles right now, they're kind of like Rush. The lead singer's great. Carson's great. Guitar player's great. Doug Peterson. But they need the drummer to get going. Howie needs to complete... Like he, the, the drummer is slacking behind the other two. The, the other two are carrying the band right now. And the Holy Triumvirate needs to be completed. Howie. Big week for you, Howie. All right, moving right along. Uh, from Quinn Ritter. Hey, Jack, one question I've been wondering since listening to The Art of the Take is when to release your take. Considering the NFL is a long season and you wouldn't want to waste all your takes too quickly, what's your strategy for deploying them? I, but I, it's tough for me because I've been long proponent of if, if you aren't first to a take, you're last. And so I want to unleash a take at the right time. It, it, it's tough because it depends on the kind of take. Like my Foo Fighters take on the art of the take 
that took a little while. That one's been simmering for a little bit. Uh, but Eagles takes are pretty much reactionary to what's going on in the field. Uh, there are certain takes that you have to really craft and you have to really workshop. Um, there is a certain time. I don't really, I don't think of it as much, but now that I work with Spike, I think about it a lot more. So, uh, but I don't think there's a certain time unless you got a really workshop take that you don't want someone to, to, to hop on, I would say. And from Twitter, from CJ Afgar. Hi, Jack. I am a lifelong Eagles fan, really struggling here. My birthday is coming up in a few weeks. And my girlfriend said I should ask for a new Eagles jersey since the only ones I have are Shady and J-Mac. I haven't gotten a new one because I got my Shady weeks before he got traded, and I got my Macklin jersey for Christmas uh, the last season he was here. She recommended a Carson jersey, obviously, but I'm scared that it's really bad luck to get any more current uh, get any current Eagles. Um, please help me as I can't decide what I should do. Thanks, CJ. So, um, I don't think getting a Carson jersey, it's just that everyone has a Carson jersey now. They're no longer trendy. Like, it's just, it's like everyone's like, everyone just has a Carson jersey. And I'm with you on this too, because I have, I have worse luck than you with jerseys. I own two Eagles jerseys. One, Dante Sawart jersey. I own a Dante Sawart jersey because I was in a very dark place. And now that was fifth grade Jack. I was in a very dark place post-TO. So don't rip me for getting Dante Stallworth. And he was pretty good. We'll always have the Texans game. Um, I would love Dante Stallworth. I was in a very dark place, and I had a Dante Stallworth jersey. Still have it. The other jersey I have is a Nandi jersey. I was all in on Nandi. It's all I ever wanted in my life was Nandi Asmo on the Eagles. Bad take. Terrible take on my part. But I had bad takes in high school. You know, you live with it. Um, so I had decided that I'm going to get, like, I just think getting a beautiful white or Kelly green throwback like Cunningham, Jerome Brown, Reggie White, like those are gorgeous jerseys. And I love, I I will never not like one of those jerseys. I, me personally, CJ, I'm going to go get one of those jerseys. That's all I'm asking for for Christmas is a, is a, is a nice throwback Kelly green. And I think you should do the same. I think it's the correct way to go because me and you both have terrible luck with jerseys. You, not as bad as me. Me, I will never touch a Wentz jersey because I need him to be great for a long time. And that's going to do it for the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by the Go Birds Pod, or as we call it on the Counterpoint Podcast, the GB's Pod. I will be back, I think, next Wednesday, if not Wednesday, Thursday, so you have a full two days before the weekend and you forget about the most important podcast in the Eagles podcast. (laughs) 